my goodness, today is the day. I am so excited. The Wife Project has officially launched for the final time. And on today's episode, Jesse and I are talking about something so, so important within a marriage, which is the foundation and the structure that God has created for our relationships, which is God first, marriage second, children third. And I know a lot of people have a really difficult time with this concept. So we are breaking it down biblically and practically for you um, and explaining why God designed it in this way. But I am just thrilled that The Wife Project is finally here. It is always a lot of work getting into just kind of the launch mode and the marketing and the preparation. And so I just want to say thank you to all of you who signed up for the waitlist, all of you who are already purchasing. There are options. You can do a group purchase option so that you do it with Bible studies or community groups or just friends in the neighborhood. And we have tons and tons of women who have already done that during the past launches. We have a payment plan for $67 a month for three months and then the full purchase of The Wife Project and just pay it and be done. I am just so thankful to have you. If you don't know much about The Wife Project, please go to the link in my show notes or go to my Instagram and you can see the Wife Project highlight where I share all of the information about it as well as feedback that I have received from women who have walked through it. There have been women who have taken it that have been married for 50 years, women who have been married for five, single women, engaged women, and they are all coming back to say that the Wife Project has drastically changed their perspective of marriage, the way that they perceive their spouse, the way that they pursue and love their spouse, and the expectations that they have for their spouse now or for their future spouse. And so I just pray that it blesses you, that it changes your marriage for God's glory, and the topics include everything from forgiving the little things and forgiveness and betrayal, having fun with your spouse again, learning how to date your spouse again, the little foxes that damage your marriage because it's those little things that really seep in rather than the big things that cause the explosion. I am discussing sex and communication, how to fight fair, all of the things for an eight and a half week, 10 hour course that will challenge you along with the Wife Project Journal that has all of the actionable marriage challenges, memorization verses, conversation starters, and so much more. It is available now. So click the link in my bio, go to my Instagram. We are also doing a giveaway. So don't forget to enter. We are giving away three courses to three lucky people. So make sure to enter and tag some friends. If you've already walked through the Wife Project, Thank you for your support and your love, and I pray that it has encouraged you and would love if you would share with one friend or family member who might also be blessed by it. With all of that said, today's conversation is really, really sweet. I just love Jesse's perspective on all of it, and I am excited for you to hear. So let's jump into today's conversation. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. 
On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. Today, I am here with my wonderful husband, Jesse. Back again, baby. (laughs) And I am honored to have him here. Very thankful in honor of the Wife Project coming out again. Final launch on November 7th. We are doing some marriage chats, and this one is a really good one, important one. And the reason that this was on my heart was not only because it's something I talk about in the Wife Project quite a bit, um, but also because I've seen this really heavy conversation on TikTok and Instagram Reels where people get extremely angry about the concept of a spouse-centered marriage, ultimately a God-centered marriage, but then spouse is second and children are third. And the response is always when non-Christians are approaching this, or even when Christians see it, they say, heck to the no, I am going to have my child before my husband because my husband is not a child. They don't need a mother, which is not at all what we're saying. But God has created the family dynamic to be one where God is the first and foremost— All in all, the spouse is second only to God and then the children. So this means that the family and all of the relationships in it are centered on God. He is the foundation for the household. All decisions, desires, interests, and use of resources, time, money, energy, those all flow from an overwhelming love for and devotion to God. And then following that, the husband and the wife make the marriage the most important human relationship in their lives and model this to their children. And I always say one of the greatest gifts we can give our children is a healthy marriage. So I have not done this perfectly. We have not done this perfectly. And so I want to talk a little bit about it. First, in your opinion, why do you feel like people are so against this idea of putting your spouse above your children? It's unnatural, I think. Yeah, I don't. It feels unnatural. Well, I don't struggle with it. I love yeah. my boys, but <laughs> yeah. we've... As a mama. Well, well, I think with us, though, it was n- never stop dating. Mm-hmm. Like, we we learned this in premarital counseling. Yeah. We've heard it on the pulpit. Like, never stop dating your spouse. And I feel like we've tried as best we can to always be doing that. And friends and family that know us personally know that we do this. Like, yeah. we, we go on dates a lot. We... Even, you know, in our neighborhoods and stuff, like people are always like, oh, you guys got a babysitter? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, we need personal time to keep dating and keep enjoying and loving each other. And it has to be really intentional or it will never happen. Like we book babysitters weeks and weeks out. Otherwise, we just get too distracted by our children and their needs and the things going on. And personally, I think if you're not dating your spouse still and still, you know, working for your spouse, you know, trying to serve them. Um, try, yeah, trying yeah. to serve them and love them and look good for your spouse and all mm-hmm. these things. Like, I think that if you're not pursuing them and you're just putting your kids in that place, I have 
personal friends and I've known people that have told me their parents lived that life of my kids are above my spouse. And the second their kid was like out of school, they, they divorced, they split up because they're not even friends anymore. You know, they're not the the same people. And I, I think you can't do that perfectly. And it's not always you know, we, we don't get to take dates all the time because mm-hmm. both financially and time-wise, like all these things, there's a lot of factors that play into it, but yeah. you definitely have to try to be intentional about it. Well, and even if it's not, because I know that there are a lot of people who don't have help, they don't have family around, we don't anymore, but you can still do things. Like when the kids go to bed, you can still set up a cute picnic in your backyard or on your living room floor. Do you remember that one that we did mm-hmm. with chocolate strawberries? strawberries? Yeah. yeah. And making those things, that was like in our first, our very first house. I think we'd been married like a year. But those types of things, you can still do things at home to put one another first. But yes, I agree. I think that one, that is priority. And the reason being is that your children will leave your house one day. Like it is bound to happen. And the enduring relationship of the household is to be the marriage, which is intended and created to last a lifetime, not just the length of time when your children are in your home. And Genesis 2.24 says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. In the covenant uh, relationship of those three, God, husband, and wife, the husband and wife leave their mom and dad. This is why we kind of cut some cords with in-laws and with parents, love them, serve them, be intentional with them, but the cord has got to be cut. And they're united and they create their own household with God at the center. And then the marriage relationship is God has God in the center of that as well. And so then children are added and they're additions to the family, but they're not permanent residences of your home. So they, just like we did, will eventually leave their home and be united to their spouses. And when they become the core focus of everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we revolve our lives around, just like any unstable foundation, we will crumble when they leave our home. And your marriage is intended to last, not to be one that lasts until your child is in college and you can finally be rid of one another. And that's going to take work. That's going to take effort. And that doesn't mean you don't love your child. We are crazy about our kids, a little too crazy about our kids, and if that's possible. And the things that we do for them and the way that we love them and the way that we serve them and and all these things. But we have to realize that our friendship, our relationship is the ministry that pours down onto our children and allows them to see what a healthy marriage is intended to look like. So with all of that said, I know that there have been ways in the past. We actually had premarital counselors come to our home and talk to us about this and kind of call us out on it. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I just, I I think one, I I just wanted to say real quick, it's important to, if, if you're living that right now, looking at the future of like, how do you want your kids, your son or your daughter, how do you want them to treat their spouse? Because they're observing you. Me and Lindsay joke about this all the time. The kids are listening most of the time when you think they're not listening. And when you're trying to get them to listen, they don't listen. But it's in those moments when you don't think they're listening, those kids are paying attention to everything you guys are doing. They're paying attention to what you guys are saying and how you're treating each other. And 
the kids, even with us sometimes, like when I'm a loud talker, and so sometimes me and Lindsay, <laughs> when I get excited, <laughs> we start talking about something and I get louder. And the kids sometimes, like you see them, like they get more like, you know, they start tugging on one of us or they start like trying to get involved in the conversation yeah. when me and Lindsay are talking. And it's just because they're, they get uncomfortable or something. And I think it's just that we need to focus. They want to be the center of attention. They want to be the center of attention. And they also need to learn like, Hey, my parents are communicating with each other. They're talking and laughing with each other. And they're, you know, talking about each other's days or, you know, things that are going on in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that our kids try to get involved in that, but it's good for them. You know, we talked to some friends recently where it's important that we block time on how we're communicating and how we're talking and how we are um, spending our time with the kids and with each other. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I think that. Well, and it's like that, the healthy relationship, the, not that we are perfectly healthy we have fights, but even that, that example of how you fight in front of your children, how you argue, how you disagree is going to be passed along to them and how they see that. You know, there are people who say, my parents never fought in front of me. So the first time I fought with my spouse, I thought everything was ruined. It was damaged and over. And then there are people who view extremely abusive forms of disagreement or just really unhealthy, like cussing and yelling. And that just should not be a part of a home. And as you work through those things and put one another first in dating and in sex and intimacy and emotion, you have a greater respect and a greater love mm-hmm. for one another. And that then is poured out through the communication that you have in front of your children. And they then grow into a healthier relationship with their future spouse as well. But it's easy to allow them to interrupt us. It's easy to allow them to kind of get involved in the way that we do things and and to feel like, oh, we don't want to leave them out on vacations. What do mm-hmm. we always say yeah. when we get to vacation? Well, we get there and we're like, man, they would love this. The kids would love this. this. Yeah. But reality is, is it's good for us to miss them. It's good for them to miss us. Yeah. And I think it's healthy and it helps generate some, you know, mind building of their own, mm-hmm. of, of how they're handling their own personal time. And it's helping to structure some time in their minds where they're seeing like, Hey, you know, with my spouse, we're going to get to go on, I'm committed to this person Mm -hmm. and I get to go on vacation with them and I get to date them for the rest of my life. And I think that our boys seeing that I find it important to treat my wife and take care of my wife a certain way is going to ultimately be good and best for them in the future. Mm -hmm. And likewise for you and dating me and taking care of me and seeing that, you know, that there's give and take on both sides and they need to just really see that being lived out. Yeah. Otherwise, if your respect and the if, love yeah, and the if, intentionality. If both spouses are constantly just living for the kids and the kids never see us interacting, the cycle's gonna continue. Mm-hmm. They're gonna walk into their marriage thinking this is normal. I don't really have to give time to my wife. I don't have to give time to dating or energy, right? Because it's energy and thinking like, hey, what's something sweet or fancy we can do? Where's a cool place that we can go? Where's- I have to find a babysitter and hire Yeah, them. like we have to get but babysitters. All of that, all that, I love that because, and I fully agree with you, 
all of that is thinking of your spouse and showing them that they feel that they are seen and they are loved. Because if you plan something and you're like, hey, we have a reservation here. I already planned the sitter. I'm like, oh my gosh, you thought of me enough to go through the time and energy to create something like that, Mm -hmm. to do something like that for me. And the boys see that. And just like you're saying, we teach our children how to treat their spouse. And it is not by what we say, but it is how we act and Mm -hmm. interact with one another. And when we break down God's design for this, God first, spouse second, children third, we begin to see a drift in the relationship. And so when we reorganize that structure that God has created and drift from the biblical model for marriage, we begin to find that our relationship separates slowly. And it's not always those big things that break down a marriage, right? Usually it's the small things that start to fester in the little foxes, as the Bible says, Song of Solomon, that rip away at the threads of the marriage. And so when you are empty nesting, you are no longer finding a purpose, an eternal purpose within your marriage. You only feel like, wait, all of my purpose was in motherhood or fatherhood or this relationship that I've built upon my children. And when they leave, you're empty and your foundation, again, is crumbling and you have nothing to work for with your spouse. But when you've been doing that the whole time and fighting for that relationship, you then have the ability to bring your children into that and allow them to see it. And I come from a divorced home. I know how that affects children. I know how it affects marriage and trust and all of those things. And I've had to navigate and work through trust and communication issues and things that I've seen in the past. And so with reordering the values, if this is something that you've struggled with, we want to encourage you that we've been there. And I want to share a little bit about maybe the things that we do that allows our children to kind of intervene within our relationship. So when we had premarital counselors over, they basically told us, hey, you guys are struggling because you're completely centered around Sutton. Like he is your total focus. His nap schedule, his food schedule, his everything is consuming you and you're not making any time for one another. But another thing I see in a lot of relationships is when your spouse comes home or you come home, you immediately unload, vent everything that happened that day, how hard your day was, pass the kids over to them and then step away. And this is something that's like, it is too easy to do that. I mean, it's what is needed because you're exhausted. But when you're putting your spouse first and you take time to find their eyes and and to see them and to say, I see you, and you may have had a hard day, and your children may be trying to climb all over their dad or their mom, but you say, no, this is five minutes of mom and dad time alone. We're going to look one another in the eyes, hug each other, show that intimacy and that affection that creates that the bonding element of oxytocin, and and love one another and show them that that relationship and that time is important rather than immediately creating kind of like a toxic space within your home and venting everything that has been on your mind. And it is not easy though. It's it's not easy to show the kids that, hey, we're having time to talk. Like yeah. mom just got home from work. Dad just got home from work. And we're going to talk about her day or his day. And I remember when we first started really trying to implement that, especially with Saxon. Mm-hmm. Sutton was a little bit easier, but Saxon, when we've tried He's to tell him, getter. hey man, we're having some time to talk. Yeah, You know, me and mom are married and we need to 
have discussions right now and and then we will talk with you and just even trying to communicate that with him he was not having it and he just thought it was so weird and he you could tell in his face he felt offended mm-hmm. that like we're not wait just, don't you love yeah me? like okay son what do you want yeah. like it was that this time is important we need to have a conversation and then giving him time and it's taken a lot of work it's taken a lot of time to implement that in him, but he is better with that now. I think both of the boys seem to be doing better with giving us that time that we need. Yeah. So what would be your encouragement then to those who like are just really guarded with this and feel like, no, my children need me. Are we saying, no, your children don't need you and they're not important? No. Clarify. I mean, of course we're not saying that. And our kids are obviously, they're the world to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we love them. I, I mean, more than words can say, but what we're saying is your spouse is, is important. Like you're, you're grafted together in marriage and it is important that you still hold each other in that place of when we first got married, because when you first got married, your spouse was everything and you need to just try and work towards that in marriage. And so we're not saying that we're, we're not saying that you need to just block your kid out or, you know, whatever. But I think again, it's just, you have to remember it is healthy for your child to have some alone time as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have to go one day out of the week, I mean, if you think about that, like if you had one day, one date night a month or two date nights a month and it's a 30 day month, you're spending 28 days with your kid Mm -hmm. every single day. And you're only really having those two nights out with your spouse, Mm -hmm. but those two nights can save your marriage. They can keep your marriage exciting and keep you and your spouse excited with each other that you're able to talk and communicate and find out how they've changed over the years, Mm -hmm. because you're not going to know those things if you're not dating and finding new places to eat. I mean, how many times is that even a conversation with us? <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, you don't like this anymore? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like that's new. Well, and I think one very important thing to keep in mind is that when you are out on those dates that we don't talk about the kids or finances or money. And it's not easy. Like it almost always comes up where I'm like, oh, did you hear Sutton? And we end up watching videos of them when we're on vacation. And so not that it's a bad thing to have some conversation about it, about your children and their lives and the things like your parenting styles and things you're working on, because those are things that need to be communicated. But maybe those are things that are communicated in a setting where you're actually scheduling time to talk about parenting, to talk about finances, to talk about marriage and giving yourself the ability when you're on a date to just get to know one another deeper. What are some questions (laughs) I ask you or that you ask me that help us to grow in our relationship together? Well, I, again, it's your, your spouse is changing. They're having new experiences in life. They're having new things happen with their jobs and vehicles and whatever it is. And I just think all those things change. And as those are changing, even questions that you were asking each other when you were dating or trying to learn your spouse are changing. You know, if you're important or or if you hold the five love languages important, those change over time. Mm -hmm. If you. Mine change every day. No, she has all of them every day. <laughs> she, it's just the priority of them 
can sometimes Shifts. change. Yeah. But. Yeah. So some questions that we will ask are like for specifics would be, what are three things that you've learned this month? Or what is something that God has taught you this month that is challenging you? Or what is something that has convicted you? What are three things I've done that have encouraged you or made you feel loved? What are three things I've done that maybe made you feel defeated or discouraged? What is your favorite food right now? What are you listening to? Have you listened to any good podcasts and what were they about? What are things that we can do to spice up our sex life? And do you have any thoughts on that? You know, are you struggling with anything right now? How are your friendships? There's so many questions that you can write down. And actually in the Wife Project course, I have lists of questions that you can ask on date nights, as well as a bunch of date night ideas to keep things fun and to remain best friends because that friendship is so, so crucial to a lasting marriage. So that is pretty much it for today. We wanted to keep it as short and sweet as we possibly could, but I know that we got the point across, or I hope that we did. Just remember, you know, that drifting, if it has already happened and that structure can be rebuilt. You do not have to stay in a child-centered marriage. You don't have to continue living that way. You can reshift your values, reshift your focus onto a God-centered marriage first and foremost, marriage focus, which then pours down into a healthy parenthood over your children. They will see God's goodness through your marriage and your marriage is a ministry, right? And your parenthood is a ministry, but that marriage is a great and beautiful ministry of Christ's love for his church. And it's a view of that. It's really a way for your children to see that God's love for his church is so intimate and beautiful and sweet and that it can be the same between husband and wife where respect is shown and love is shown and that even arguments are shown in healthy ways that allow for growth rather than for destruction. And so I just want to encourage you, don't allow the enemy to get a foothold in your relationship and create that drift because God's design is a perfect design. Who are we to question it? When our minds are so finite and you see the fruit and the growth of that, I've seen it in my own personal life with other married couples who really love one another and have been together for 50 years but still love their children deeply and intentionally. And they pursue one another. They pursue their spouse over the years because they love God and because they love their children. And so as I mentioned, there is so much more content, um, more scripture, more marriage challenges and questions within the Wife Project in the Wife Project Journal. Make sure to sign up for the wait list. The link is in my show notes and in my bio. And if you enjoyed this episode, this conversation, make sure to subscribe to the Living Easy Podcast. We love having you here. Um, you'll be notified of new episodes every Monday. There's no spam or anything. And you can do that on Spotify or iTunes and make sure to tag us, tag me at living easy with Lindsay and let us know what you thought of this episode. If it encouraged your heart or challenged your heart and share with somebody who might need to hear the hope of the gospel within their marriage. Love you guys. Love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the living easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. 
If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.